Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassionate. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews, Monica Show. Matthews Show. Welcome back. <laughs> this is uh, take two of the Monica Matthews Show. <laughs> oh, my God. So different than live radio. But, uh, you know, at least on terrestrial radio, you know, you're definitely live like your mic is always live someone's always recording the show no one has to hit record monica oh anyway the fun of being independent <laughs> and also you know some of the moments of the Izzlebub. anyway welcome back happy september 3rd thursday we're gonna try this again so, um, yeah, so I put out a call to people today to call in if they would like, because I'm interested You know, people love to hide on Twitter and social media. Whenever I send out questions they're they, they will answer by the thousands. Right. And I mean, they legit answer. I don't do a lot of polls because I want people to engage and people love engaging whenever you ask them pointed questions. My boyfriend tells me I'm a linear thinker. Uh, which is probably true, but I, I don't, I'm not very good at asking open ended questions, which is probably why I'm not a journalist. I'm just very inquisitive and I ask the questions to, to get the answers that I don't have the question to. <laughs> I think people who are really good at asking open ended questions already know the answers they want. And I'm not good at that. I don't think maybe I am. I don't know, but I know the question I have. And I'm very curious, genuinely, innocently curious about what other people think. So that's why I ask. And I asked people the other night, what would you do? Because this came in as a dear Monica uh, question. Um, a gentleman texted, or I'm, I'm sorry, he, didn't he private messaged me and said, hey, I've got this problem. I don't know if it was his wife or girlfriend, but what do I do? Is this something to be concerned about? And uh, she has an affinity for scrolling through social media and liking private pictures, and I see her doing it. And so I was like, hmm, I don't know. Before I answer, let me go to Twitter and ask people what they think. Because, you know, that's like <laughs> the bowl of sage wisdom. It's not just a toilet bowl. So I go to Twitter, I ask the question, and I got to tell you, some of you guys, man, talk about a tough crowd. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, I hope this guy is not like flipping through my Twitter feed right now. Seeing some of these responses are just brutal. Uh, everything from, well, if you got to ask that question, it's already over. You know, just no grace, no mercy whatsoever. Well, if there's no trust. I mean, what, what are you jealous? He sounds possessive. 
you know, I'm like, uh, hold on. Nothing. I didn't see anything possessive about that. I, I saw someone who was like, well, hold on a minute. Why are you scrolling through other dudes, private photos and liking them? Okay. And so for me personally, this is kind of where I land on this because I am a communicator and I understand that every single nuance communicates something. If you're going to like, if you're going to take the time to scroll through someone's private pictures and go like click on photos and, and wherever, whatever app they're on, and you're, and you're going to not like just the one that was just posted, but like a picture from about a week ago or I don't know, a month ago. Okay. As a chick, what that says to me is you are trolling. You are trolling the waters. And in that says that you are observing me. And so if I'm cool with that, then to me, that messages to me, it communicates to me that um, you're taking a little bit more time to like my photos and there might be an ulterior motive behind that. Now that's, that's just me. So that's what that communicates to me, especially if I see, it actually kind of, eeks me out whenever I see dudes who will go back through old pictures and like something. And I'm like, okay, dude, really? That's just creepy. Like, it's just unnecessary. I don't like it. Um, And I'll usually block that person because it says that they're sitting there like scrolling through my pictures. (laughs) And I get like this visual of, are you in a recliner wearing a wife beater? You know, do you have... Uh, some kind of porn on your desk. I mean, like, no. So I know that may sound extreme. Uh, But others on the Twitter thread answered with a very simple, um, you know, well, has he discussed it with her? You know, and then, and others were very crafty about how they would bust her. And And I'm like, well, he's already kind of busted her. So, you know, I mean, I'm curious about how people feel about these relational things. And I think sometimes we forget that everything communicates something. The three C's of my brand, uh, communication for the sake of clarity and ultimately connection, right? And so everything, if someone's scrolling through and rummaging through all of your pictures, not just a recent one that you just posted, I'm talking about clicking on your photos files and liking it. What that's saying to that person is that you've spent time taking their pictures into consideration. And that's the word of the day. Like that transition? Consideration. So consideration, you know, uh, Aunt Stacy, my call screener down in Florida, one of my bestie friends in, on the whole planet, seriously. Uh, she texted today and was like, all right, what, what are we, what are you going to talk about? And I said, well, consideration is, is one thing. Um, and she's like, are you going to talk about, you know, the guy and the pictures and the girl and blah, blah. And I said, well, that um, I want to talk about consideration because for some people that seems like a minor thing. But in in we tend to focus on the majors in relationships, right? Like infidelity, loyalty, uh, lying, you know, I, I, I mean deception, um, theft, fraud. I, I mean, you know, like someone representing themselves uh, fraudulently to, especially if you're out there dating. Um, but if, if you're in, a, in any kind of a relationship whatsoever, those are the high points 
right? Are you a liar? Are you a thief? Um, are you a cheater? You know, th- those are the big ones. Okay. But sometimes things that lead people down those pathways are the little things. And I'm not making excuses for people by any stroke of the imagination, but I have had more conversations with folks in the past three weeks who are coming out of COVID with loved ones that they've been stuck with for months um, who are getting divorced. People who are considering, speaking of consideration, divorce, because they've encountered their significant other in a way that they, you know, hey, listen, when people are under duress, things come out. When we get squeezed, you know, there's either going to be a really nice aroma, (laughs) we're either going to be a fine wine or we're going to be like vinegar. It's, you know, it's either piss and vinegar. I can actually say that word now. Uh, Piss and vinegar, piss and vinegar. Or it's going to be, you know, a beautiful aromatic wine. It depends. Some people respond to stressors very differently. And you need to make sure you're with someone who can complement how you respond to stress. And I think consideration is one of those minor things that can lead to major blowups and ultimately the demise of a relationship. Um, consideration, according to Webster's, is careful thought, typically over a period of time. So thought, deliberation, reflection, contemplation, sorry, that's my computer, uh, whatever that word is, rumination, love it, um, thoughtfulness, sensitivity toward others. Uh, it could also be a payment or reward, um, importance, consequence, right? Uh, let's see, we've got synonyms. Uh, there's a factor, issue, point, concern, matter, element, item, detail, aspect, facet, feature, um, that, that word too. Uh, so go back to detail. The devil's in the details. I say that all the time. We all do, but so is God. I do like to say that, but God, God is always in the details. And I think sometimes we get off track as Christians because we focus on the majors. But what happens to to get us to the majors is that we've lost sight of the minors. So the minors is, you know, God takes every single thing about us into consideration. But it's really hard for us to do that with others, especially whenever we're frizzed, whenever we're already triggered by something, when maybe we are having a crappy moment or we're in a selfish, you know, just self this, self that, you know, maybe we're into self-loathing, self-idolatry, self-hating, who knows? We're a very selfish species because that's part of the fall. But to, but to have consideration for someone else is the ultimate, um, sometimes it's, it's sacrifice. Because you have to lay that thing down about yourself in order to consider the other person. And taking your focus off of yourself sometimes is, is um, probably actually more days than not will be the best thing that you can do. But so many people live in defense mode, right? Like, I mean, we, we would give Israel a run for their money on <laughs> our defense domes that we live over our hearts and our minds. 
Um, and I, you know, I'm giggling, but you know, I can do that with the best of them. But something that I have to work on is, um, just hitting the button for that defense screen to come down, especially when I've already committed my heart to someone. Um, and part of that commitment too is, is committing to allowing that person to be human. And I think a lot of people get into relationships, um, with the, expectation and anticipation that that person will never let them down. And what happens is with that expectation, when that, when that, um, it's actually an ungodly expectation because no one's perfect, but Christ. So when we have the expectation that someone else is going to be perfect, because, you know, we get that so, so right all the time, um, we are perpetually let down. And what happens is your heart starts to wax cold. And when you feel like, justice um, isn't being expedited in your relationships in the way of someone turning the Titanic around um, or before they hit the iceberg, um, your heart can get cold with a quickness. And then something like COVID comes along, you look at each other and go, you know what? I've had enough of you. And it's because of COVID. I've finally seen this when it's like, no dude, it wasn't COVID. <laughs> I mean, it's like been there all the time. You guys just, um, you've allowed the bridge to fill up uh, with troubled waters. And um, and that's a problem for most of us. So consideration, you know, what? how important is that to you in your relationships? You can sound off on my open mic feature at monicamatthews.com. You can also, um, I can tell you this, women tend to email me about this one feature in relationships. This is, this, this is a constant that I get from women. Women don't feel, uh, taken into consideration. They don't feel as though they've been taken into account. And that is a real, um, problem because women above all else want to know that we're lovable, that we are desirable. Women, men want to know that they have what it takes. And boy, nothing's worse than a season of life uh, with a man feeling like he doesn't know if he has what it takes or he's listening to the enemy who tells him that he doesn't because of circumstances. And that can that can open the door to a whole host of issues for sure. So consideration. Uh, on that thought, I just want to leave you with this. Just be considerate, the little things. Would you like a cup of coffee? Could I make you breakfast? You know, um, become more of a servant in your relationships to one another, right? It's a volley. And I think sometimes once you've been disappointed by someone, it's really easy, um, or multiple disappointments over multiple decades in, in a marriage, it's very easy to, well, screw him, just let him get his own damn coffee. You know what I mean? I mean, those are the things, or I'm not his mother. Right. But I don't, I personally just don't see it as being maternal as much as it is caring for someone. It's taking them into consideration. So I want to encourage you to think about whether or not you're taking your significant other and even your children. How about strangers? You know, holding the door open for someone. I understand that women's lib has, and me too 
has, uh, you know, screwed a lot of men up with, we don't even know what we should do. Should we hold the door? Should we let it slam in our face? Um, I think consideration is if someone's coming in behind you, you don't let the door close. I mean, it's just simple common sense consideration, and it goes a long way. It really goes a long way. Not every woman coming in behind you is wondering, oh, I wonder what he wants because you held the door open. Not everyone's going to get your license plate because you held the door open or you said, excuse me, you know, um, consideration, the very, very simple things. Now consider consideration. Oh my gosh. So I was off the air yesterday, but, uh, there's never a shortage of drama coming out of the left for sure. And uh, good old Aunt Nancy decided that, you know, she needed to go get her hair done. And so she did. And we've all made fun of it. But I got to tell you, I've got like a real righteous, I'm pissed about this because I have friends who have been in the hospital who couldn't have loved ones come be with them. They can't attend um, appointments with their elderly parents and have to send them in there by themselves. Some of them are uh, memory challenged. And they can't go in and take care of them and, and, and ask questions and make sure they're okay and not pumped up on a thousand meds that they don't need. Um, I mean, you name it, people having babies, they haven't been allowed to, uh, see the birth of their own children in some instances. Um, matter of fact, I'm trying to remember, it was something that I saw just the other day. Um, who was that? I'm trying to remember where that was, but someone was like, you know, I haven't, um, what was it? Something about a childbirth. And it could have been a father who was like, I couldn't go in the room with my wife. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's enough. Like, that's just crazy talk. But yet, you know, in California, I don't know if you guys realize this, but in San Francisco, you have to have your haircut outdoors, kind of like everything else they do there. You know, they use the bathroom outdoors, they live outdoors, um, and not for camping, but I mean, just, you know, their homeless population is about to outnumber people who actually have homes. So they already do everything else outdoors, and now you have to, you know, get your hair done outdoors. Well, Nancy Pelosi apparently didn't think that that law applied to her as a, as one of the number one lawmakers uh, in the country. This is what she thinks happened to her. I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of a neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years many times. And that um, when they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it was a setup. (laughs) Remember, I was just talking about self-importance, right? (laughs) And there's no greater activist for self-importance than a Democrat. Sorry, uh, part of the Democrat Party. It's just how it is. I mean, you could look right back into the womb for that, to substantiate what I just said. It's all about self-importance. What's more important to me right now? My life. How this child would affect my life. How this pregnancy would affect my life, my future, my standing in the community. So, you know, it's not really abortion. It's not really murder in the womb. I know that that bugs you guys, some of you. And I understand because some of you have had abortions. And I certainly don't say that to shame anyone. That's never my heart. 
because most of you who listen to me who have had abortions, um, whether it's one or multiple abortions, um, you're no longer advocating for that. You're no longer living in that heart set and in that mindset. You've been set free from that, and you have been forgiven for that, and you've been washed from that. And so I know many of you don't take that personally, but I don't ever want that, those words to sting. And I certainly don't want someone who's turning in, tuning into my show for the first time to ever feel that sting either. And the only sting I ever want you to feel is that little prick of the heart that God is saying he's inviting you in to accept his forgiveness first so then you can forgive yourself. That's really important. So if you feel anything during my show and I talk about abortion and murdering unborn children, uh, I don't say that because I haven't contemplated it myself. I mean, I remember, and I've shared this many times, and I'm pretty sure I shared it in my book, which you can find at Amazon and Barnes and all, all over the place, MonicaMatthews.com, um, Kindle. But I'm pretty sure I shared that in the book, you know, of being an older woman, single mom, widow, got into some things I shouldn't have gotten into, and with someone I shouldn't have gotten into with, and um, found myself going, uh-oh, I'm a little late. And what is my daughter going to think of me? What is my church going to think of me? I mean, it was the struggle was real. And, um, and I contemplated it. And I'm going to tell you now, uh, thank God for sisters in Christ, because a sister of mine was like, Mm-mm. she kept pointing me back to the scriptures. Monty, you know, this is, um, he knew you. He knows your child. If you are pregnant, he knew you before that child was placed in your womb. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. I can't. <laughs> I definitely can't. Um, I'm not, I'm just not going to go toe to toe with God on this one because I was already saved. I, I was already, I had already confessed Christ as my savior. And, and I thought, you know what? I know that's something I would never be able to forgive myself for. So I just, I was like, whatever the consequences are, um, that the, that's it. That's, that's just what it's going to have to be. And I was big enough woman to, and grown enough woman to be able to get in my bed. And so I was just going to have to, you know, suck it up and not suffer the consequences. I don't think having a child is suffering consequences. I think every child is a gift, no matter how demonic they may act on any given day. So... Yeah. Okay. But love Tucker Carlson. Tucker is killing it. Tucker gives me hope that at least one of us on mainstream media uh, news outlets still have, and I consider that mainstream media because it's Fox and Donna Brazil gives me reason and cause for pause. And so does Waz, Juan Williams. Uh, Waz Williams is more like it. Uh, but he had the salon owner in response to Aunt Nancy's um, accusation that she had been set up, y'all. Okay, check this out. Tonight, we want to introduce you to the woman Nancy Pelosi is blaming. Erica Caius owns the now famous salon in San Francisco, and she joins us tonight. Erica, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so, so much for having me. Nancy Pelosi claims on camera that you orchestrated a, quote, setup to entrap her <laughs> into getting her hair blown out without a mask. Did you? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. How would you have done that? I mean, can you prove that this wasn't a diabolical setup designed to bring down the Speaker of the House by blow drying her hair? I, she had called the stylist and had, or her assistant did and made the appointment. So yes. the appointment was already booked. 
So there's no way I could have set that up. And I've had a camera system in there for five years. I mean, I didn't go in there and turn cameras on as soon as she walked in to set her up. So that's absolutely false. So Pelosi says that salons in San Francisco, and of course she lives there and she is the most powerful Democratic legislator in the world. Right. But she says she understood that the restrictions allowed a one-on-one appointment in salons. What do you make of that? I heard that and I thought to myself, well, as a hairstylist, I see clients one-on-one. So that would mean I would be open. Right. Right. <laughs> Pardon, start trying to laugh. Yes, that it would mean Sorry. that. Are yes. you? Are you? You're right. That would mean that her salon was open. Now we're laughing, okay? But uh, she is now receiving death threats because that's what the left resorts to always is death, hell, and destruction. And so now here's this beautiful salon owner who has been, you know, this kind of reminds me of Susan Rice when she came out and said, oh, no, it was because of this little dinky filmmaker in Timbuktu, whatever, Alabama, who made a film about Islam, and it pissed the Muslims off, and now they've, you know, taken out four of our guys in Benghazi. Next Remember that? Remember her mainstream media news circuit, her tour, right? To tell us that, that it was because of a film that the, you know how the Muslims are. They're really sensitive about that Muhammad, you know, mocking Muhammad stuff. So, yeah, the Democrats and their hypocrisy. Absolutely. Amen to that. All right. So, speaking of Democrats and their hypocrisy, Theron, what do you think about Nancy's hypocrisy? Oh, uh, when I got on there and started hearing, uh, Seriously, was saying what you're talking about because I was trying to find the broadcast itself for live. All I can pull up is all your old stuff. But speaking of old stuff, <laughs> let's go back to Nancy. Okay, exactly. Uh, what, they, uh, I don't know. You keep saying, okay, but what will these Democrats come up with next? Right. And it kind of seems very redundant. Because nobody has any clue. But I would imagine on Twitter and your commentaries, I've probably said, how low can they go or what will they come up with? Right. Two or three dozen, maybe even dozen hundred (laughs) times. Right, right. In the last six months. And it's like, they always come up with something to outdo it. Right. Like there's a new low every week. Yeah, well... I'd have to move it up to at least every two days. Every two days, Because exactly. I come up with the weirdest stuff. And I, that's about all I do is about every two days I tune into the news and find out what they've come up with that's totally unexpected. Even like Biden's thing is saying, President Trump has been sitting in his Oval Office and golfing. He has no interest in solving right. the COVID right. crisis. And he has no interest and has tried to do nothing about curbing the violence. Right. Let me ask you something. uh, Let me me ask you this. So you and I get it, right? And most sane Americans and patriots, even even people we might not consider sane on a good day. Um, But I think people who are sitting right in the middle of this line right now of, well, I don't really like Trump, but what do you think they're thinking? What do you think all of this hypocrisy does for your average American who really doesn't um, want to be in the political toilet bowl every day? You know, they just, they just want to get back to their jobs. They, they want to avoid eviction at this point. You know, they don't, they want to send their kids back. 
back to school because they're tired of them too. So what do you think the average voter is thinking, looking upon all this hypocrisy? I don't know. I'm kind of just prone to not even go outside <laughs> because I'm bound to run into something. Uh, let alone, heck, that Tweedledee and Tweedledum on CNN at night was oh, gosh, yeah. telling everybody about how everything was, Trump was so stupid about all the stuff he was trying to take over cut the country by sending in uh, federal authorities to help these cities and everything right. else. And then what, what was it? about two or three nights ago, they come up with, I don't see why he hasn't sent in federal authorities. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. Brian Hubal. Uh, mm-hmm. He... Uh, even said, well, you don't get enough out of CNN by seeing the sound bites that are put out. You need to watch CNN all the time, and then you'll understand how truthful we are. Uh, interesting. So you think they're still being bamboozled, then the average voter or anyone who's going to turn in, tune into that will be bamboozled into thinking that what's up is down and what's down is up, right? Yeah. Yeah. In other words, if you listen to them long enough, you may have a tendency (laughs) to start believing them. Well, that's for sure. uh, Nancy Pelosi is in the same boat. She keeps lying and lying and lying. And then if she lies enough and says it often enough, hey, 20% of the population or what sounds like 62% of the population start believing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, let me ask you something on another what they're saying. on another subject. Let me ask you something. Have you been? Um, have you ever been shut shut out of your Twitter account or Facebook? Have you ever been censored by either one of them? Well, the Twitter was shut off about two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I said I'm I was, uh, actually fifth generation Mexican. Yeah, and they shut me down because they uh, that somebody found that uh, they, it scared them. <laughs> that's actually more like it and, it scared him and i was i was like yeah it was like okay i've stated something that people should fear credit if i said well heck i had uh, people that were now this would be definitely they would all cringe because i did have a great grandfather fought in the civil war out of north georgia oh boy and he joined the the Civil War, so I'm a Confederate person. But if you go back three more, or at least two, three more generations, I guess it is, then I've got all these people in the Revolutionary War, right? That are in the same. Right. As you know, my last name on the sidelines, but I don't know how much you're broadcasting. But nevertheless, the whole thing, my last name, <laughs> the whole thing. As, uh, you know, I'm, you know my last name, and. Um, the it's just weird. It's like, oh crud! I had relatives that were in the Civil War, right? On the South. Yeah. Well, for of, and that's uh, then what, that's enough to get you canceled. Been, that's enough to get you canceled this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. I that's know. It. That'll knock me out. And then heck, if they find out that I had a relative, and actually we got uh, a county in Kentucky named after a uh, this uh, Revolutionary War because. My great 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 grandfather out there a few generations. Mm-hmm. He fought the Civil War, and George Washington says, "Here, have this property in Kentucky." I, I sent you a voicemail uh, on your voicemail. Yeah, I did. I got that and read you read you what my what they wrote, 
And that was for the first Continental Congress. Right. In other words, basically, we're going to live free. And uh, we're not interested in any potentates and all that stuff. Right. Well, good. As far as I know, that went down in the first Continental Congress. Right. Excuse me. Well, good stuff, Theron. And thank you for uh, listening and for calling in. And this broadcast will actually be up. We're recording it right now, um, but it will be up in about an hour. So if you want to listen to the playback, I'll be there. Yeah. Well, that's the reason I can't find it live. Yeah, exactly. Well, because I haven't started streaming. I said, I'm watching it live. (laughs) Well, no, I haven't started that yet. I'm going to be live at five. (laughs) Well, I'm going to be live at five. (laughs) That's coming. you? That's coming. I'm live. Okay. Well, you've been fun. Have it easy. And uh, I do have all the stuff that I told you back at the 1st of March about this COVID. Yeah. Was all correct. I have not had to change anything I told you. Well, there you go. So I'm really happy about that. I'm glad. So, good to know. Anyway. Thank you, dear. Appreciate have a good it. evening. Glad to see it. And I love that new picture in your black dress. Thank you. I'm not going to get into that, but it really is good. Thanks, okay. Theron. Okay. Uh, just because I have an 8 by 10 Goodbye. That's hilarious. Oh, boy. Hopefully, Theron doesn't have a wife. <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at my 8 by 10 picture. Okay, so, so, yes, most of us are thinking, what love? See, I tune in to Tucker nightly, usually, just for the latest, what the hell have they done today? Like, what have they said today? I mean, this is... This is really the low. Speaking of lows, so Facebook censoring has actually hit. I mean, you knew when Twitter was censoring the president, like literally adding um, uh, notifications and warnings to the president of the United States Twitter account that the information he's sharing is dangerous. It hasn't been validated by the doctors of Twitter. (laughs) Because, you know, Twitter probably employs doctors now. I don't know. Apparently, they've gotten into the uh, criminal justice uh, sector as well. So they're removing posts that are in support of Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old who has been um, accused of mass murder. All right, he faces murder charges after he allegedly killed two rioters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is a whole other show, and wounded another on August 25th. Okay, this is during ongoing protests. You probably remember he's a little white kid wearing, uh, what did he have, an AR-15, I believe. And uh, so now Facebook has determined that this was a mass murder. And anyone who would show supporting evidence of self-defense in honor of Kyle Rittenhouse, who is being defended by Lynn Wood, who is an attorney out of Atlanta, who is no stranger to high-profile cases. I'll get to him in a minute. Uh, Speaking of censoring someone's account, but Facebook has removed not only uh, material and footage that would show that Kyle was, his life was in danger when uh, he allegedly took out two people who were coming for him. Um, But this is interesting. So YouTuber and conservative author, of course, Mark Dice said that he received a notice from Facebook threatening a suspension after he shared video of Rittenhouse offering medical aid to wounded Kenosha protesters. So this guy is like literally rendering aid. Okay, he shared a Twitter update on the threat of suspension, writing, Facebook just removed a video I posted showing Kyle Rittenhouse offering help to a wounded protester in Kenosha and are threatening to delete my entire account. 
This is Mark Dice, okay? His original post said, newly uncovered video of Kyle Rittenhouse shows him helping an injured protester after she was struck in the foot with a projectile. In another video, he told the cameraman that he'd brought a medical kit, which is the bag he was carrying. Further proving, he had no malicious intent by showing up. In fact, he was there to help anyone who needed it. That is a quote of Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, in a statement, a Facebook spokesperson spokesperson and now you know apparently the new uh f uh, forget the just drop the i from the fbi right this is the facebook internal investigators uh told the verge that the company is indeed removing posts appearing to support rittenhouse because the company considers the shooting a mass murder and i quote we've designated this shooting as a mass murder and have removed the shooter's account from facebook and instagram in a later Twitter update, uh, Dice wrote, in no way did I glorify or celebrate Rittenhouse nor praise him. Um, and then it goes on and on. Okay, now something you need to know is that the FBI is the one who determines and and qualifies and, and quantifies what would be considered a mass shooting. And, and that's important, the designation of crime is important to our what? Our criminal justice system, which apparently social media uh, gulags have have uh, decided that they are now the sole proprietor of our legal system. From the from the second someone hits live stream to your subsequent uh, arrest, your um, your indictment, and your trial that never comes only by public opinion. Right, Linwood, you might recall, is the attorney from Atlanta, Georgia, who has handled and is still handling um, the Catholic boys case. And that young man's name just escapes me. But he um, just won a major payout from one of the news outlets who slandered him. And he is a he's a kid. He's not like me and others in my industry who just have to take the hits. Uh, he, you guys listening. Uh, you know, when when you suffer at the hands of news agencies that cause you to lose your job, cause you to your reputation has been damaged, your inability to earn income, and this is how out of control they are, right? You have a right to sue those entities, and I encourage people to do it. And I'm not a sucre, I'm not a litigious person, but Linwood was silenced just a few nights ago on Twitter. His account was suspended, and he somehow got on to someone else's, or somehow maybe on Facebook and let people know that his Twitter account had been suspended for a brief moment in time um, because he's showing evidence on Twitter uh, to the contrary of what's being reported about his client. And Twitter has said, "Uh uh-uh, even though you're his attorney, you don't have a say-so in the matter. And we don't really want to hear your side. So if there's ever any question as to what side of the aisle your social media outlets are on because some of you still have a hard time believing it because it's not affecting you. You know how we are. If it's not directly impacting our lives, we just kind of tune it out or we think people are, you know, uh, hyperbolizing things or they're bloviating, you know, you're just making a, a mountain out of a molehill. But information is a mountain. Information should be a hill that all of us are, are ready to die on for accurate information, because without knowledge, my people perish. For lack of knowledge, for disinformation, 
my people perish. That's why I have such a hard time with certain translations of the Bible, because there are omissions that matter. The details, remember, the devil's in the details, so is God. Never forget that. Okay, so the FBI deems a mass murder four or more people that have been gunned down at the same time by the same person. Four more people. Okay, well, he shot two, allegedly, who died. One, I think, is still hospitalized. So that does not does not even qualify by our legal standards as a mass murder. And again, it matters because words matter, particularly when you're adjudicating something. It's just like, I mean, these, these, these no-brainer things, right? But I, I always want to bring your attention back to the details because whenever it comes to due process, you may find yourself in front of a judge one day who is a liberal alongside a liberal DA, a liberal prosecutor, and they're going to manipulate, if they can manipulate words on this scale with cases that have obvious evidence and they can turn the tide of an entire nation in the hopes of swaying an election, you got to know you're not going to be able to escape that yourself. And, and I'm sad to say this, but if you're in the South and in Europe, and you're in an urban area and you're dealing with a black liberal judge or DA, and you think for two seconds that you're going to get a fair shake, <laughs> you definitely need to remove your head from your butt and think again. And I say that because I've had our very own uh, urban woman come after me who is a DA here locally in the city of Atlanta, not for the city of Atlanta or Fulton County, but in DeKalb County um, in a very racist way and slandered me on social media, made fun of me, slandered my child and my dead husband. She is a black female DA. So I know that I know I know that if I ever had to go before a judge or she was there at a trial, she was trying a case against me in DeKalb County, there is no way I would get a fair shake. And don't you think for two seconds that I would take every bit of that evidence and bring it with me, that she is a bigot. She in no way is blindfolded as the law requires for the law to be weighed with balanced scales. So bigots are all around us. All right, guys. Anyway, I hope that my new segment on, you know, just being considerate on the, the, I call it the, you know, some guys are like, oh God, it's the emotional minute with Monica. No, not really. I'm a very common sense person whenever it comes to, I'm inquisitive, but I'm also extremely common sense whenever it comes to love and, uh, and relationships, you know, the whole life love and liberty component. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert in anything. I've said that since I've been on the air the past five years, not in anything but my own life. And so just dealing with people and observing and asking questions and being inquisitive, you know, maybe, maybe that's where you start tonight. If you're a person, you know, you go back to the beginning of this conversation, the beginning of the show and listen intently. Um, and, and with great consideration, take it into consideration. There's our word of the day, consideration, and really observe yourself and how you've been behaving toward your person. Have you been behaving toward yourself? Do you Are you the person who's just codependent with everybody in your life, including your profession, and you just keep putting yourself on the back burner? You don't even, you're the last person that you consider? That's not considered love, by the way. That is called codependency, 
and being a doormat, which none of us are called to be. But I think you can practice self-love and love others as well and love them well. That's what we're called to do. Love each other well by being considerate. So take some inventory tonight. Take some inventory. Get back with me. Let me know what you find. I'll be back here tomorrow, 5 p.m. live. I think I may take your calls tomorrow. I enjoy, enjoy, enjoy hearing from you. And I really look forward to my live streaming coming up soon. Still working on that. But uh, my number for calling is 404-383-8520. MonicaMatthews.com, iTunes, Stitcher, all over the place. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. <laughs>